0: Sad.
1: Bless our young people have a lot of courage. Get up here and sing and do the things that they do. That's fantastic. Well, uh, I don't know if y'all notice this, but it's a little later than usual. Don't look at it. Um, so, uh, so I'm gonna try to move as quickly as I can tonight. Um, this is a message. It's a little lighter message. Praise the Lord. And uh, but it's uh, it. It really uh, is a necessity for a group like ours right now. We've got a lot of young people. Uh, We've got a lot of very young people. We've got, uh, and this is, but this is for all ages because at some point we're going to have an influence somewhere in their lives, uh, whether it's grandparents or leaders or parents or whatever. But I want you to go to Genesis chapter 24, Genesis chapter 24. Way back when I, when I first came here, um, I think in a Sunday school class, I kind of hit this in a mild way, uh, but I, I want to try to do this, and, and honestly, I'm going to try to do it as fast as I can. But one of the most crucial things that, that we have to deal with, and, and kind of thinking about this morning's message, one of the reasons that, that kind of thing ends up being something that people turn to is honestly because they start off wrong. Uh, they get involved with the wrong person. They get involved with the wrong person at the wrong time. They, you know, it may, in some sense, it could possibly be the right person, but it's the wrong time. They're, you know, they're not ready for that relationship. So what I'm going to talk about is uh, this thing called dating. And just to, you know, just let you know at the front end, I'm not encouraging Uh, You know, high school dating, I I don't, I I never, well, I say I never, I I came to that realization back when my my oldest daughter was going into her junior year that that, uh, that just brought on a lot of heartache to a lot of people uh it, it really was they just weren't ready for it they weren't ready for that kind of involvement they weren't ready for the emotions they were involved in and they weren't ready to be able to fight off the temptations that they were going to have to deal with and so um we just we limited that greatly and and uh and you can say well I, I think that's you know kind of foolish but they're all six married to men of God serving God so uh uh and every one of them has thanked me since then uh that we did what we did they didn't thank me then but they did They they do now, but um, but who a young person dates, of course, determines who they'll marry because it's really hard to marry without, without at least you know get involved with them. Uh, Who they marry greatly determines their future, determines their future for good or for bad. And so this is a very important thing. Genesis chapter twenty four, where we're going to look at very quickly, is some some points in this passage, which I think is the only passage the best and only really true passage that kind of gives us an outline of how to go into the, uh, and, and the best term I got is, is dating, but the, the creating of a relationship, how to go into that uh, you see in verse 1, it says, Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto uh, my son Isaac. Now, the first thing that you see here, let me just stop. I got to pray, Father. I pray that you bless, Holy Spirit. I yield myself to Thee, and Lord, I don't want to be amiss ever to 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 not just stop and ask You for Your power, Your presence, Your guidance, and Lord, please speak through me uh, in this very quick few minutes, please, in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, from the time they're old enough to understand that they will one day meet and marry, uh, they need to be taught that this person should be God's will. Uh, they and, and they need to be taught that the person should be God's will, and this person should the person that they meet and the person that they will eventually get involved with and marry. This person needs to believe scripturally what they believe. Now, as close as possible to similar beliefs, because the simple truth is the more differences in your spiritual beliefs, the more differences in, you, in your beliefs, period, the greater probability for conflict. But when you have differing spiritual beliefs, you have increased uh, probability of conflict. And, uh, and God says, they, now, bottom line, they have to be saved. If you're saved, they have to be saved, because God says not to be unequally yoked. Together with a believer, with an unbeliever, but but if they're saved, even then you ought to seek out and you ought to be asking God for somebody that believes like you do. Um, uh, so number two, throughout their lives, we should pray for them and with them that God will bring them to the will of God for their lives. So if we believe they ought to be seeking the will of God, and this is what Abraham does with the servant, he says, "I want you to go seek the will of God for my son's life." But watch this now. He says, "But don't." Take of the Canaanites. Now it's not because it's not because of a nationality. It's because the Canaanites were not Christians. There, they you know, no Christian terminology at that time. But they weren't people of God. And so he says, "No, you go to my people, the people of God." And so uh, that's what he's saying there. And so uh, those are the two things that we begin with. Now in Genesis chapter twenty-four, verses fifteen and sixteen. Look there. It says, it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethel, a son of Milcom, the wife of Nahor, the Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Now, the next principle we see here, I believe, is this person should be a person of, of uh, purity. I think that, you know, the, the, and I understand we're in a, in a generation where that's not a common thing, but here's what, I, what I'll tell you about that. If you're sitting here, you're single, and you say, no, wait a minute, does that eliminate me from ever having a good guy or a good girl because of my, my past? No, I, I, watch this. From now on, from the point in your life that you, you, you said, I'm going to serve God, be pure. No, no more looking back, be pure. Uh, again this is, is something that 's very important, but this is something that God mentioned in the scriptures he said she 's a virgin and so um, and it just uh, just a little sideline thing it says also she is very fair to look upon and just to help all of the young men uh, let me just help you if 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 she 's right for you for you she ought to look good to you amen uh, i 'm not into this uh you know make an ugly woman your wife uh, so uh no they say Your beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, and whatever I be holding better be looking good. And so anyway, um, now the fact is, is that I just think if, if she's perfect for you, God's not into torment. If she's perfect for you, if God made her for you, if she's God's will for you, then I think God would make her look good to you. I mean, okay, so uh, if she don't, maybe we shouldn't even start there. So now... But second qualifier, if you look at Genesis um, chapter 24, verse 17 through 20, it says, and the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray they drink a little water of the pitcher. And she said, Drink, my Lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for the camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. Now, this is an amazing thing, but, but here's the principle I believe God's teaching us about the type of person that we should uh, even allow ourselves to get interested in. This type of person should be a person of character, a person of integrity, a person that's not lazy, a person who's diligent. A, a lazy one will not make a good spouse. Look, one of the first things that I checked out at the, uh, at the college when my girls started to get interest in a fella, you say, you check out his grades? No. Did you check out how, how many people he won to the Lord? No. You say, what did you check out? I checked out his work record. I checked out, did he go to work? Was he a good worker? Was he, had he been on the job, he kept, did he keep a job? You say, why? Because I didn't want to take care of my girls. <laughs> I wanted somebody else to do it. No, I, look, that's very important that this man has character. Now, is it important that he's a soul winner? You bet. Is it important that he uh, uh, he, he works on a bus route and, and has a heart for ministry? You bet. Uh, those are good things. But he can do those things and be lazy as the day is long in work, and and he's not right. Yeah. And I always say he because I only had girls. So anyway, but um, next, moving uh, Move slowly to make sure that this is truly uh, the one your heart uh, that God has for you, and when by that I mean this: your heart and your head need to match. And by listen to me, uh, if, if if here's what happened: I've seen it happen to so many young girls at the at the college when I was working there. They get emotionally involved, and they get uh, their heart is gone, and they're so in love that they cannot see some real crucial flaws. Because watch this, I would tell him when you lose your heart, your brain goes dead. Okay, so you can't do that. You can't do that. Your heart and your head must match. That means if I'm looking at you and telling you, okay, I understand you think you're in love, but do you know he won't go to work? Do you know he lies? Do you know he cheats? Do you know that he doesn't? And and you wouldn't believe how many girls, they just like this. I can't see that. I can't think about that. I don't want to believe that. You've got to let your heart hit. If you emotionally let your heart go, then most often your brain goes dead. Genesis chapter 24 verse 21 says, And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. He didn't jump and say, Oh, you're it. No, he said, Let me observe this. Let me make sure that what I'm seeing is Right. Uh, so the next thing, we need to stay in the way, stay close to the Lord, doing the will of the Lord, and everything about our potential future spouse should be relayed to the parents. Uh, just, just, I'm reading this fast, but we need to stay in the way. Genesis twenty four twenty seven through 29 says, And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way. He says, what he's saying is, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm I'm fulfilling, I'm being obedient to do the work of the Lord. The Lord led me to the house of my master. He said, while I was just doing what I was supposed to do, God led me. And I'll just just beg you, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. And don't don't be hunting like like a coon dog, Uh, just You just be doing what you're supposed to be doing, and God's going to bring them across your path. And so, but listen to me. Everything about potential futures, uh, your potential future spouse should be relayed to your parents. Listen to this statement. I beg you, listen to it. Secretive relationships will almost always deviate into sexual relationships. Number next, I know that the servant is doing the talking, not Isaac, but the principle still remains that the young man should go to the family of the girl for permission and approval. Uh, if spiritual leadership agrees, that does not mean it's an absolute. The leadership is, is giving approval of the right kind of person. Genesis chapter 24, verses 49 through 51 says, Now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. Now, this is is her parents' He said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee, bad or good. Behold, Rebecca is before thee. Take her and go and let her be thy master's son, as the Lord has spoken. Now, from this, you would think that they have full approval. And they just basically set them up and said, Okay, now she's got to go with you. She's got to be married. But we got to com- continue to read the scripture. Parents or spiritual authorities should have veto power. And what he was doing, the servant was doing, was giving the parents veto power. And can I tell you, every young person in here, you get this through your head, give your parents veto power. And then you say, well, my parents don't even go to church. Uh, Well, then come to the pastor and give some spiritual leader veto power. And you say, what does that mean? That means if you come to them and say, I'm really interested in this person, you allow them to be able to look at you and say, I can't tell you why, or I don't want to tell you why, or, or maybe I will tell you why, but no. Wrong place, don't go there. You say, How could you do that? How could it? Because your leadership may know something you don't know. And us old codgers may be able to observe something you hadn't seen. And your heart may be gone, and, re, and your head's not recognizing some crucial issues that we see. Right. And so we need to have veto power. Now, now for first glance, it, it does. It seems like it's a done deal, and the decision is by authority. But that's not really the case. This approval, what they're really saying is he's the right kind. This is the right kind of situation, this is the right kind of guy. It's what I used to tell my girls. I, they would give me veto power, and I praise God for that. Some of them was a little bit more difficult than others to finalize that veto power, but they were okay with. Now, the, but, but here's what happened. They would veto. I would veto some of them, but I said, "Don't go there, baby. Uh, that's, you're going to end up. I told one of them, I said, "If you want to live, uh, you want to live uh, taking care of a couple of babies on each hip and working at Walmart while your husband's in jail, go ahead and marry him because that's where he's going to be. And you say, some Bible college student, that's what I saw. And can I tell you, he's not in jail now, but he ended up in jail for a while. And so the fact is, is I saw something she just did not see. That was veto power. But when she met her husband and said, Daddy, what do you think? I said, he's the right kind of one, but I can't tell you he's the one. I can't. He's the right kind, but I can't tell you he's the one. And so the parents were saying he's the right kind, but she must agree. Look at Genesis chapter 24, verse 58. It says, and they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Final decision was hers to go with him. And then he must agree. Look at Genesis chapter 24, verse 66 through 67. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah. She became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Until the day of the wedding, you should continue in prayer and preparation. Isaac, uh, in verse 24, uh, 24, 63, Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw and beheld the camels were coming. So, right before he meets her and takes her, he's still meditating, he's still praying, he's still seeking God's will. And to the moment, up to the day of your wedding, keep seeking God's will because God may shut the door. Something might be revealed up to the day of your wedding. Now, this is a biblical illustration. And I'm going to just very quickly though, I'm going to show you, here's the danger because we no longer follow the biblical uh, illustration and I really hate that I had to go through it so quickly, but here's what normally happens. What normally happens is what I call comparison dating. Comparison dating means simply this. Oh, oh, I'm trying to figure out who I can abuse. Uh, Rachel, right? Okay, come here, Rachel. Come here. Uh, I just have to have some kind of, you know, illustration here. All right. Now, Rachel is... uh, How old are you, Rachel? 20. She's a college student. Now... Here's uh, all the way through high school. Let me just one more thing. When, when they went to college, I didn't want them dating high school, so we went to the college. I allowed them to date, but I, even then I told them, you don't, I don't want you getting serious with a guy until he's going into his junior year. Now, why was that? Because they drop out so much. You got like a 70% dropout in the freshman year and about a 50% dropout in the sophomore year. So a guy comes in and he says, I'm going to go be a missionary and such and such. She falls in love with him and is a freshman and all they're going to go be a missionary. And, and look, he don't end up being a missionary. He don't even finish school. Okay, so let's, let's if that's really what you want to be, then you got to wait and give God time to make sure that boy is really going where he says he's going to go. And so... But anyway, so here's what normally happens, and, uh, uh, and I'm just, I'm right now searching, but normally what happens in our environment especially is we have, in our Christian environment, we have usually relatively small school systems, churches, and things like that, and so you have a small number of people, and here's what happens in every situation. We, we go around, and we, we date, or we like by comparison, and by that it means that if you ever watch in a high school, what you see is is that you'll see Mr. Basketball Player, Mr. You Star on the Basketball Team, Mr. Captain of the Basketball Team. Do You know who he's going to like? Probably the Captain of the Cheerleading Squad. Okay, can you go? Ha, ta, ta. Okay, it's probably what he's going to do. Okay, so. Um, now, there's a, a great age differential here, and, uh, and I'm really trying to uh, uh, work on this. But uh, Jordan, come here for a second, buddy. And so, Jordan is this uh, big six-foot-tall basketball player. And so, what he's going to do is, uh, in their big Christian school of 100 people, um, he's going he's gonna to pick out the hottest girl. Um, <laughs> Of the 50 girls that are there. So we got 50 guys, 50 girls. Well, he's going to pick out the hottest girl, and she's going to be, you know, the star athlete. I mean, that's just, of course they're going to be together because she's the cheerleader. He's the basketball player, right? Where's God in this? Where's prayer in this? Where's God's will in this? Now, the truth, what happens is, and I don't really have time to go through it, but what you do is, is you can just walk it on down. You can go down to the bookworms, going to find another bookworm. Or a, a computer geek. Computer geek's gonna get the computer geek. Are you gonna? You're gonna get. Uh, hey, back where I went to school, the dope head's gonna get the dope head. <laughs> but he's gonna get the best looking dope head. They're just. It's by comparison. God is not involved in this. It's just by comparison. Now watch this, folks. If you begin the relationship by comparison. Here's why they're in such turmoil in high school. They're they're comparing, you know, I went to Germantown High School, there's 1,200 kids, 9th through 12th grade. Okay, 600 girls, 600 guys. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for the best-looking girl of the 600. What happens when somebody comes in new next year? And she's better looking. Well, I'll tell you what's happened. We've been dating for a year, and... Jordan and her have been dating, and David, you know what Jordan's going to do? You're out of here, because I date by comparison, and I just found another one. If you carry that all the way to marriage, which some of them do, they're still comparing everywhere they go. They're still comparing. That's why a lot of them break up. Now, they start out by comparison, and then they go into, and I'm really doing a Reader's Digest condensed, I'm trying to do this, folks, but the, the, uh, then they go into convenience. People say, where did you get this lesson? I got it from my own bad experience, but what happens is, is that I dated a girl in high school my, junior, my senior year and my, my first year of college at Memphis State, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, three months, four months into dating her, we didn't even like each other. I mean, every time we got together, we argued. Every time we got together, she was wrong. <laughs> every time we got together, it was complaining, griping, something. We hated each other. And we met every day. Why? Well, when I first, when Jordan uh, here first goes to ask Rachel out, you know what he does? He brushes his teeth. He puts on deodorant. He may even try to find some cologne to put on. He shines his shoes maybe. And um and you know, tries to dress sharp, look cool and he comes walking up and he says, "Uh <clears throat> hey, uh there's a ball game uh and I was wondering, uh, you know, if maybe I don't know, uh <sighs> if um you know, I was going to go to the game and I was just wondering if uh, <clears throat> you know, uh you know, maybe which Are you laughing at me? And see, Jordan, that's what they're going to do to you. And so, uh, they're like, she's just, she's like, you got to be kidding, man. Uh, But you go through all this nervousness, this insanity, you know, trying to ask them out. Okay, so second time, you're a little less nervous. Third time, you're a little less nervous. Now, after about a month or two, it's, hey, come on. Yeah, well, you know. Um, But there's no nervousness. He comes out in his sweatpants after playing basketball, sweat running all down him, and he says, yo, here's my girlfriend, come on. It's convenient. Now, just, you know, I'm going to be very, very careful, but it becomes convenient in all manner of ways. And so the relationship that didn't start the right way is now grown into months Maybe a year of convenience. We don't necessarily like each other. It's just a lot easier than starting over. I just don't want to start over. don't want to go back to ground zero and have to do all this again. It's so much easier not to have to worry about it. Well, here's the thing, folks, that goes into habit. That convenience finally just becomes a habit. And it's like it's like smoking cigarettes. It's gonna kill you, but you can't stop it. It's gonna destroy you, but you can't stop meeting up. You can't stop being together. You're addicted to to not each other, but having someone all the time. Having that security, having that feeling that, that you're, you, know, you don't have to hunt, that you've got it. You're not happy with it. It's like a bad drug, but you got to go back to it. You even know that you got to break up. That's why, you know, we broke broken up 17 times. Why you go back? A habit? Just a habit. A horrible I had a girl that came to me and she said, she said, "Uh, Brother Hooker, I'm getting married in two months, I think it was. And she said, she said, I just need some help, some counsel. And I said, okay, sit down here, tell me what your deal is. And and she said, "Uh, my my fiance, she said, he's such a great guy and I love him. And she said, but I said, well, what's the deal? What's the problem? She said, well, he just doesn't always tell me the truth. And I said, well, that's a bad situation. And she said, she said, well, what do I do? I said, well, first of all, if you want my advice, first of all, you postpone this wedding. She looked at me like she was ready to kill me. I said, secondly, you need to get counsel, and we need to find out what you really mean by this and what, what's going on. I said, but you need to postpone this wedding. She said, I can't do that. I love him. I said, "I said, I said well, wait a minute. You can't marry somebody that you can't trust, and you can't trust somebody that lies to you. And here's what she said: He doesn't lie to me. He just doesn't always tell me the truth. And I looked at her and I said, "Hey, little girl, if she doesn't, if he doesn't tell you the truth, that'd be a lie." But she couldn't deal with it. Couldn't accept it. So I looked at her and I said, "Uh, you're a senior in college here. Uh, Have you had some roommate here that you're really close to, that you've been with maybe all the way through? She said, oh, so-and-so's my roommate. She's been my roommate since my freshman year. I said, are you going to miss her when you leave from here to go get married? Oh, of course. It's going to be so hard to be away from her. I said, then why don't you just marry her? And talk about looking at me weird. She said, what are you talking about? I said, look you're going to miss her when you leave her but you're not in love with her as far as marrying love she just a very you've created a habitual relationship that you enjoy but it's not somebody you're going to stay with for life no more than this guy is does this make sense to you when what's supposed to happen is they're supposed to be praying all along. They're supposed to be getting counsel and guidance and wisdom. They're supposed to look to parents and leadership and say, here he is, Dad. And Dad may say, nope, we better start over. And you're going to say, but you don't know him. And he's, going to say, and he's going to say, I don't have to. I know enough. And he's actually going to look at you and say, I beg you, just trust me. And if you'll trust me, God's going to have somebody for you so much greater. You Say, will you come up with this, Brother Hooker? I've said this six times. Okay? That's what you're supposed to be doing. And that person ought to be a person of character and integrity, which eliminates. And so, (laughs) and that person ought to be somebody that's sold out for God just like you are. I almost feel like I picked the right person somehow here. So, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because if we start by convenience, uh, by comparison, what we do is we get matched up to people, not because of God's will, but for that very reason, they just look hot. They're a trophy. And then we, that relationship becomes a very convenient relationship, and that relationship eventually becomes a habitual relationship. And here's what happens: that relationship is usually ends up a broken relationship. But so often, it's after marriage when we finally wake up. That's why, even in our Christian realm, we're at fifty percent divorce because we didn't start the process right in the first place. There's a lot of other issues that are involved in this and and relationships. I understand that. But if the foundation is not right, what can we build? This is getting the foundation right. All right? Sorry it takes so long. Thank you all. Let's hear it for these kids. Amen. What I'd like to see tonight is young people, parents, future parents, grandparents, everyone who has input in and influence in the lives of young people of this church to come together tonight and allow God to mold your heart in prayer for your child's future, your grandchild's future, the future of some young person in the church, an agreement as to how to get to that point. That's really what we need. We need to realize that young people you need help you need help because you can get emotionally involved so quickly and when that happens you get so close look this is a picture if I keep it at this distance I can describe everything on that picture But if I see this picture and fall in love with it and do this, I can't see anything. And that's what a lot of our young people do. They see. (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with them. You can't. All right. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness.